Uh, to you this morning, if you've come far, um, I hope you will enjoy your time with us. And if you've come from, if you're a regular here and just around the corner, it's great to see you again. And I hope we can enjoy worshipping our Lord together. We're going to start this morning with uh, four songs. We're going to um, start off with, uh, with, some, with singing some hymns. And we're going to begin with uh, our first song is going to be uh, from Praise the Lord 41. All the hymns will be on the screen, but if you'd like to follow in, in hymn books and uh, Praise the Lord, then feel free. Um, the hymn we start off, we're going to start with is uh, He is Exalted. And I thought we'd sing this one because it's essentially the fundamental proclamation of being a Christian, isn't it? It's, some, it's something wherever we've come from, wherever, where, wherever church we've come from, it's the, it's the fundamental message um, that, that we as Christians proclaim. He is risen, he is exalted, God has raised Jesus, and uh, it's something we can come together around. So please stand and we'll, we'll sing this together. After which um, Ruth is going to take over uh, the singing and we'll learn a new song. Thank you very much, band. Um, That sounded really nice and I hope we can continue with um, some of those thoughts this morning um, as we we spend time together uh, around the Lord's table, as we will break bread and drink wine uh, later to remember our Lord Jesus. Um, but again, just welcome to everybody here. It's, like, it's great to see such a, like a range of different people, range of ages, uh, people from different countries. It's, it's, really, it's a really special thing. I don't think we take that for granted in the world we live in today, um, that we can all come together around something we have in, in common. Um, for those of you who like to know what's coming up, that's the schedule. Um, Charles is going to uh, start with uh, the announcements uh, for the week ahead and uh, continue with some of the welfare news. And over Charles. Pauline is about the same and is comfortable at home. She was hoping to come this morning, um, but in the end it proved too much for her. But she sends her love. Um, Rosie has spoken to this morning. Um, Anne has um, some anxiety about her job at the moment. The firm that she works for has just lost two big contracts, and the team of 12 staff has been told that eight of them will be made redundant, and they're going to find out tomorrow who who that's going to be. So we think of you and pray for you, Anne, in in that worrying time. Patricia had a fall this week, and she's not very well as a result of this. Um, Gladys is in hospital. She had some breathing difficulties. Uh, She's on Ward 4 at the MRI, and visiting times are 2 till 4 and 6.30 till 8. But there is a possibility of it being moved, so it might be worth just checking before going. She had a very bad week this week because she also found out that one of her granddaughters had died um, very suddenly, leaving five children. So pray for Gladys and her family. Uh, and also Ian, um, Richard had gone to collect Ian, um, but his carers hadn't been, so he was still in bed, and Richard's trying to get uh, emergency carers out to help out with that so uh, we think of Ian just across the way so we're going to pray together now and uh, we always um, bring bring to the Lord um, not just the announcements that we've made but any anyone you'd like to to share together okay if you just bow your heads we'll pray together Father God you hear all of our voices, as we read announcements, as we share care worries and concerns, you hear all our voices. And it's not just the voices 
the verbal, the verbal voices, the outward, but also you hear the voice of our hearts. And all the cares and concerns and anxieties, you know them best than we know them ourselves. Lord, this is an exciting week. There's so much happening, so many different activities taking place with different people in different places. Lord, we pray for your blessing on all of our endeavours, that you'll work in us and through us, especially for the youth weekend that's been planned. There will be lots of last-minute um, things which crop up. Lord, help everyone who's involved in that to um, get through the last hurdles because there's so many young people coming to worship you and learn, from, learn about you. So we pray that that will go well. Lord, we think of the, uh, the care news we've read out and those who face uh, difficult health issues. We think of Lynn and Patricia and Gladys, Lydia and Christine and Faith. And we pray that they will um, make good recoveries. And we thank you for the care and love shown by the professionals and, and Alex um, amongst our own membership. Lord, we think of those who um, struggle with old age. We think of Ian and Pauline and the, the daily, daily struggles that they have. We pray that they'll f feel strong and comforted um, by their knowledge of your love. Lord, there are sometimes anxious times in life, and we think of Anne's job situation at the moment and the news that she'll get tomorrow. But whatever happens, Lord, help her to stay strong and to stay encouraged. Uh, we think of Sam and the, the progress he's made, and it's fantastic and heartwarming to hear the, the, the great feedback that Nicholas had, and we pray that that will continue. And we think of Des and Phoebe as they uh, continue their new life down south, and we pray that they'll find a spiritual home and a place to grow and to serve you in Leicester. For all these things, Father, and for all the voices of our hearts, we pray for your blessing and strength and love. Amen. We had a really good night on, on uh, Friday evening at, youth, at the Church Youth Club, uh, where we had a load of um, young people coming up from the, from, the, from the younger side of things, coming up from the Tuesday Club, coming up to Friday Club. And we had a really good evening. And uh, Liz and Phoebe led our thoughts. Uh, on Friday, and it was it was really great to hear what they, what they had to say because they were talking about the story um, when Jesus comes to visit Mary and Martha, and I'm so I'm sure you all know it, but just to remind ourselves, um, it's two women, Mary and Martha, and they hear that Jesus is coming with the with the disciples, and uh, Martha wants to get the the house ready, and she's she's busy, and she wants to get things ready so she can look after Jesus and look after the disciples and properly host them. And it's you know it's a labour of love because she wants to honour them um, and and do and you know do her best for her Lord. And she sees her sister Martha just when Jesus arrives, she's already sitting just leaving the housework, leaving, leaving the service, just sitting with Jesus, listening to him, and not, you know, not putting the elbow grease in, not, like, not doing the work that Martha's having to do to get the house ready and prepare the food. And it's very, I thought it was, it was, it was a really great story to, to, like, to remind um, ourselves of. Because Liz was saying that it's very easy for us to kind of get into the habit of... Um, of thinking that uh, that we can like we can prepare um, ourselves 
for, for, for Jesus and, and kind of do, um, you know, do for Jesus like from our, from our own kind of, um, just from our own efforts, um, uh, what, what, what he wants. And really, sometimes we just need to do what, uh, what Mary does and just sit with Jesus and just listen to him and spend time with him. I don't know if that really represents what you were saying, <laughs> Liz and Phoebe, but um, that's kind of how, how, how I heard it. And uh, with what we're going to do next, we're going to take a reading from Luke chapter 18. And I think uh, when we read um, from, from the Gospels and from the, and from the Bible, we're really just we're taking some time just to spend with Jesus. And it's a really precious moment um, to, to dedicate some time to just sitting at his feet, being a disciple and listening to his words. Liz is uh, going to come and read uh, Luke chapter 18. We're going to start at verse 9 and through to, to verse 30. You can follow in your Bibles. Luke chapter 18, starting at verse 9. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everybody else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like the other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man rather than the other, went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad, because he was a man of great wealth. Jesus looked at him and said, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with men is possible with God. And Peter said to him, We have left all we had to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus said to them. No one who has left home, or wife, or brothers, or parents, or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age 
and in the age to come, eternal life. Thank you, Lizzie. Um, James Westmoreland, not a Jehovah's Witness, is going to come and uh, come and speak to us now. <laughs> um, Jay, I lived. With, I, lived I mean, most of us know James, so he really needs no introduction. Um, I might say a few things anyway. <laughs> um, I lived with James for about a year and a half, probably. I can honestly say he's um, he's a real he's a real doer of the word. I really, I really, I really no, I love I love I love hearing what James has to say. But most of all, um, he's a, he's a real doer of the words. So I'm really looking forward to what um, you're going to what wisdom you're going to shed um, on us this morning, James. Um, You spent, you know, you spent, spent some time away from us recently. He's, he's moved down to London three months ago, two months ago, or something like that. Are you about okay, a month ago? Um, and he's seen some dark places. You might know where this is going. Um, in, he's been working as a chimney sweep uh, <laughs> for, for the last month. Anyway, um, James, uh, come and uh, come and speak to us. Morning. <laughs> Uh, it's really good to be back here and to see uh, so many of you. <laughs> this room really fills up, doesn't it? <laughs> the world that we live in is full of laws. It's full of rules and regulations. And since I've been working in London, there's one aspect of working life that has to follow the, the law and the rules absolutely meticulously. And that is parking. <laughs> right. There are parking restrictions everywhere, and they're all like slightly different. <laughs> Some of the signs that are supposed to be clearly explaining the restrictions are almost impossible to understand. And even when I get hold of a parking permit from a customer, say, um, I have to be sure that it's for the right zone because... If you parked just around the corner, then that permit's no longer valid. And the worst bit can be filling the, filling the permit in. If you scratch off one wrong number, that's it. It's gone. You have to get a new one. Um, the registration number of your car has to be written on specifically in pen because apparently the, the half hour that you've got for the permit lasting, the permit lasts, say, for, for half hour, you, you've got that time to then use it, and then you can't even give it to someone else who's, who's just parked because you've got your registration on in pen. Um, but they have to stop that because we're not allowed to be nice to each other anymore, I don't think. Even when you think everything's perfect and correct, there's a great big block of small print on the back and you've got to read through it to work out whether it goes on the dashboard or in the window. And sometimes I joke to myself, it takes me so long to, to double-check everything that by the time I think it's all okay, I need to go and get another one because it's ran out. <laughs> it can be very stressful at times because you've, you've got to do it absolutely perfectly right, and one small mistake means you get a fine. I think that it is possible that the, the systems we live under in our society can have quite a big impact on us. 
to give him um, another example, um, there was a person I met at a, a youth event that I, I help out at. We were staying in a hostel for a long weekend, and it was it was just it was just the start of the weekend. It was raining quite heavy, so um, I went out to to help this this guy who just arrived to to help him bring his things indoors, and he couldn't believe that. I just wanted to help him and just help him bring his things in. Um, and he kept on saying, but what have I got to do? What have I got to do for you? As if, like, I was, I was going to be collecting a debt afterwards. Um, after talking to him, I realised that he'd been living in a YMCA for quite some time and the people that he had been mixing with, um, they had this same attitude and the environment that he was living in was one where nobody helped each other and everything had a cost so that I guess is to show that that the, the, our surroundings and the values of our surroundings can have an impact on your own our own values um, perhaps you can think of examples from your own lives at, at work or at school. Um, so the general principle that I'm trying to get at is that we have to live up to standards. We have to obey rules and get things in the right order to be successful or to, to do well. And our performance, our ability to do things in the prescribed way is important in our society. So where I'm going with all this is, does this have an impact on our relationship with God? Does it affect our impression on what we believe God wants from us? And that's the question that I want to try and answer what does God want from us do we ever find ourselves applying a logical view of fairness to God because what God offers us is so different and so much greater and and free nothing like what the world around us offers better than anything that money can buy. And because God has given me so much, I know that I can find it difficult to shake away the idea that I need to keep on doing things for God to be acceptable to him. But that is not at all what God wants. We read together um, from Luke 18, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. The Pharisee in this parable took the whole idea of doing things for God to an extreme. He reckoned that his performance was perfect with his fasting and with his tithing. But it is the tax collector who is the hero of the story. All he had to do was to be sorry for his sin. And he really was truly sorry. 
Jesus said that he beat his breast while praying. The only other place in scripture that I could find where this is recorded is in Luke 23, where those who witnessed Jesus' death went away beating their breast. It seems that in the culture of the time, it was a symbol of great sadness, which the tax collector felt with his recognition of his sin. So now I want to do a little demonstration. So can I have my volunteers, please? <laughs> okay, it's fine just there. Yeah. So here we have a, okay, um, a big person and a small person, right? So um, can the big person try and lift the small person up? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's all right, yeah. <laughs> um, can a small person lift a big person up? <laughs> okay, that's, that's it, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so it's, it's easy for someone who's, who's big and strong to lift up someone who's smaller and, and much lighter, but... For a small person to lift up a big person, that's like, you know, it's not going to happen. Um, Jesus says at the end of, of the same parable that everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. So what we, in what we just saw, it is a small person who represents us, and the big person who represents God. How much easier is it then for God in his strength to lift us up than for us in our weakness to lift God up? And this is really what God wants from us. The Pharisee was an extreme example, but he thought that it was the things that he did for God that made him better than others and therefore acceptable. But Jesus says that it was the tax collector who went away justified. If we ever feel as though we let God down in the things that we do, we can ask ourselves this. Why were we ever trying to hold him up in the first place? God exalts those who are humble. He is not interested in our performance, but he is interested in our response. And straight after Jesus tells the parable, we have the, the case of the, the little children coming to him. Jesus instructs us here that we have to receive the kingdom like a child. Can we expect children to follow rules? Perhaps not, but we can expect them to be thankful. Children are also a lot more trusting than adults are, and God wants us to trust him like a child and to trust in his promised kingdom. The, the next incident is one where the rich ruler came to him. 
and wanted to know what he could do to inherit eternal life. And again, we're back to a case of someone trying to to do things to be right before God. In this case, Jesus knew that he had done well according to the commandments, so he, he prompts the man to say that he has kept them since he was a boy. But Jesus knows that there is still a problem, that he has perhaps missed the principle behind the commandments. The problem was that he loved his wealth more than God. The focus then turns to the disciples. They had left their families to follow Jesus. Jesus says that they will inherit eternal life. So what does this add to our answer to the question, what does God want from us? I think that the message here is that God is looking for us to try to make sacrifices for him, to do our best to put him above other things that are in danger of becoming more important than God in our lives. So the things that we've looked at, how does this affect our view of the commandments that are given? Jesus has given us the greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. These are really tough commandments, and we can't possibly hope to achieve these perfectly. However, God is not putting us on a trial. He's not looking to see how well we are doing, but he is looking to lift us up. We can ask God to help us and we can do these things in his strength. And then they become less of commandments. It's less about whether you get it right or wrong, but it's about attitudes that we try our best to live our lives by. So, to try and sort of sum up what I've been trying to say, I'll read uh, John 3, verse 16 and 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus' message is about salvation, not condemnation. He never came to tell us where we are going wrong, but he tells us that we can come to God through him. Here is the best answer to the question, what do I need to do for God? It's to believe in Jesus and to believe that he came to save us. Now, saying all this, I don't claim to have reached some sort of perfect understanding myself. I still struggle to believe and accept what God and Jesus have to offer me, and I still often feel like I let God down. But I hope that I have shown you what God has given me to work towards and for us all to 
to work towards. So whatever our circumstances and whatever place we're coming from in our own relationship with God and with Jesus, we now have an opportunity to do something very real, to remember and accept the sacrifice and the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ through the bread and the wine. Thank you. Thank you, James. That was a really, really vivid illustration what you did with Steve and Ben there. Um, don't know if anybody resonated for anybody else as well as well as, well as for me. But um, let's let's break bread and drink wine now. And we we do this because Jesus um, asked his disciples to do it in remembrance of him after he had died and been raised. And uh, we read in in First Corinthians that Paul um, uses the tradition around um, the breaking of bread um, to to help his his church remember uh, where they stand in relation to what Christ had done for them, and to put all their bickering and their factionalism and all their tensions and all the chaos in their lives in some kind of perspective. And so we're going to we're going to break bread um, and think of think of Jesus um, Jesus' body and drink wine and think of his sacrifice, his blood that he spilt for us. And uh, Josh is going to come and give thanks for the bread for us. Lord God, thank you for the symbol of your Son that we can share together now, and we can remember the lessons that, from him. He's been sent to show us you and your power, not to confuse us or to get us lost in this world, but to lead us with his light. And Lord, we thank you so much for that, this opportunity to come together, to be with people who love you and love the light and do not want to get lost. Lord, guide us and help each other, help us help each other, put our lives and the rest of our week into your hands. Amen. Jesus said, this is my body, which I break for you. Jesus gave his disciples wine and said that it's a symbol of his blood, it's a symbol of a new covenant, a promise, a new relationship and Derek is going to come and give thanks for the wine for us. Lord God, our wonderful, loving, heavenly Father, what a privilege it is for us to meet this lovely family together to worship and praise you for giving us Jesus. With Jesus giving us that wonderful example of love, and promise for living a life close to you, Heavenly Father, so that we will benefit not only day by day, but when Jesus returns to make this world perfect. So, Heavenly Father, we open our hearts now and our minds to say how thankful we are to be here today. We have a lovely gathering of brothers and sisters 
from all over the place, Heavenly Father, which is fantastic. And we're so privileged to be here together to share this moment of love. So we do thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your sacrifice. And we thank you for this wine, which means so much to us. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. In Jesus. Amen. Thank you to everybody who's contributed to the service today, which is everybody with your voices and um, you're listening. Thank you very much. Um, we're, going to, we're going to finish our service together by singing two, uh, two songs. And we're not going to have a, a prayer to end with. We're going to let uh, this, this next song be, uh, be a prayer, I hope, for us this week. As Charles said, it's, uh, it's, ex- it's going to be an exciting week. There's lots on. Um, there's lots to do. Um, you know, there's lots of people, uh, lots of friends out there that we need to talk to. We need to, we want to tell them about Jesus. Let's sing. Let's stand and sing. Uh, Lead me, Lord.